Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Season 3 of Better Let Let Me Tell tell you. You. I did walk this, this, I did. this morning. I am. Um, I can't believe I'm vitamin D deficient. Can I have some of your vitamin D? Well, so that could, that, that could be misinterpreted. <laughs> what other vitamin? What what else were you thinking of? Que sucio. Always. <laughs> I you know I got a call from my doctor. Oh, your blood work is back. You know everything goes okay. <laughs> you are vitamin D deficient, and I'm like vitamin D. Come with me for shirtless jogs. No, no, no. You you must have vitamin D to give out by the boatloads. Like vitamin D, like little... Like surplus. Yes. Like you get some vitamin D and you get some vitamin D. I'm like the Oprah of vitamin D. The Oprah of vitamin D. Oh, so that's how we're opening episode 115. With vitamin With D? vitamin D. I'm vitamin B deficient, people. <laughs> that Well, that's like an ongoing joke here. I need to take my shirt off more. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've, I've everybody should take their shirt off more. That should, that should be our next shirt. Our next shirt. <laughs> just just take your shirt off more. So welcome everybody to episode one fifteen. How is everybody doing? Oh, it's Friday, so everybody's doing okay. Yeah, you, yeah but, you can't get worse than a Friday. I mean, yeah, but does it really matter anymore? Oh, just give me a red kimono. I, I mean, nothing really matters. Oh, wow <laughs> it took me like a second to get that love is all we need it's true um actually you know what that's that's a good starting point 
Well, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, yeah. welcome <laughs> to episode 115. We hope everybody's doing great, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we're at the end of June. Yeah. And this is our last June episode. It's summer. You know, it's summer because it's hot as balls. Well, we live in Florida. It's always hot but as balls. It, no, no, but it's like summer hot. Right. You know? But it's not, it doesn't feel it like doesn't summer. It doesn't feel like summer. It doesn't feel like summer. Oh, that means that Demi can't be a lesbian now. Oh, because you know she's <laughs> not only, she's not cool for the summer. Right, it's only cool for the summer. Right, so she you know she can't be a lesbian uh, at this moment. We hate it when that happens. But no, you're right. Like I feel, it doesn't feel like the summer. Yeah, because weather I mean, aside, summer whether it's making plans to go to the beach. I mean, we go or, to the, or, you know, or go on vacation. You know, we you know we go to the, we we're yeah. one of those beach goers. We and, we we do. We miss the beach. And we haven't gone to the beach for obvious reasons. Um <laughs> it's just weird. Like it's a weird kind of time. And despite what somebody close to me says, 2020 is not the best year ever. No, it's not. But you know, it might give us some hindsight, which, you know, in hindsight everything is 2020. So, I am um, in my personal Instagram I put something earlier this week that at the rate we're going, I'm sure that aliens are coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What I did not know, I don't know how I missed this, that there was some type of confirmation earlier this year. Yes. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. I I didn't know about that, which is strange because that's something I would know. So I don't know the details, details, right? But essentially, you know, Area 51, remember earlier, I didn't, la fecha gestan que I don't know where it begins and where it ends. Remember a couple of months back, People were like, oh, we're going to storm Area 51, you know, to, to make them show us the aliens. Okay, I do remember you that. remember that? Okay. Yeah. Mahomeno, around that time frame, something uh, they, they they released, because you know all government reports after X amount of years are declassified. Are declassified. And it essentially said something to the effect of like, you know, they did have, it confirmed, it didn't confirm necessarily aliens, but it did confirm like unidentified flying objects and things of that nature. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, it said aliens were real. Right. But 2020 has been such a clusterfuck that nobody even noticed. Right. (laughs) That's how much of a fucked up year we have. Aliens were confirmed and people were like, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. It's weird, man. It's weird. I I, just hope they don't come for my birthday. I know. Well, then I hope they don't come for mine. I hope they don't show up. For... But then, okay, but like I want them to come, but like, what would be the... Spice World aliens? Right, but what would be the optimal time for them to show up? I don't want them to show up around the holidays either. Halloween. So they could just blend in. Yeah. Okay. 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 I like it. I like you know, it. That Tristan said something the other day that kind of blew my mind regarding <laughs> aliens. Because, you know, I've always been the type of person that... It's not that I believe in aliens, but I believe why wouldn't there right. be aliens? Right. It's, it's a little arrogant to like, think why we're, we're not, it, yeah. right? And Tristan the other day at his whole six-year-old self said, you know, maybe aliens have already come to the earth, but, you know, they're in like some type of other like form. Or maybe they're just so small that we didn't see them. Or maybe aliens, you know, because he was like, space is infinite. And, you know, maybe they're from a galaxy where, like, you know, size isn't the same as here. And I'm like, these are the thoughts of a six-year-old? Like, That's why I like that kid. Also, I really hope I haven't stepped on one. I know. Because that's, like, tantamount to declaring war, I would imagine. Yeah, it is. But then again, you know, I would like to... Well, weren't they here also, like, in prehistoric age, which is Gazoo? The Great Kazoo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, there we go. I mean, true. And he only appeared to certain people, too. 
Right. He'll only appear to Fred and Barney. To Fred and Barney and the kids. And the kids. Oh, not to the ladies? Not to no, to the, no, to the kids because they were babies. So they right. didn't have like, you know, preconceived right. notions. Right. And all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when he says that, he's like, Papa, maybe they've already come here, but they're really tiny and nobody noticed them. I'm like, oh my God, maybe you're right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I just said I have a confession and like just took off my mask and I was an alien? I'll be like, really? After 30 years? <laughs> Is this V? <laughs> <laughs> Are you really Diana? <laughs> that show was so good. It was. The reboot was good too. Yeah. I enjoyed the reboot. Yeah. That show was so, so good. I remember like, I'd be so afraid like when they would like. It was terrifying. Yeah. When they would have a fight and like a piece of skin would yes. come off and you'd see like the, the reptile the, the, alienness. Just, oh my God. No. It was scary. Yeah. It was v. terrifying. And who, okay. Who played Diana? Okay, you know that so in my I mind... I don't remember who played her. In my mind, I see Delta Burke, although I know it's not Delta Burke. It was Burke. not Delta Burke. Because I see, like, a very bold, pretty, like, black-haired okay, woman, yeah, yeah. you well, know, I with, like, light eyes. I don't know her name, but she did come back for the reboot. Oh. She played the mother of the new queen. Oh, okay. So... Era mala, right? Yeah, claro. Yeah. Because they <laughs> wanted to conquer the earth that's their goal yeah right so we want spice world aliens we want spice world aliens yes yes and i'm sure i'm sure seth burger beast would agree with us (laughs) we don't want mean aliens (laughs) no at all at all so didn't end very well for la and independence day oh no it didn't (laughs) so i actually have a question for you it's a it's a it's it's legal-ish legal-ish yes so i don't know if you know uh if you've heard of this new instagram page it's been, and I'm like a little jealous because they've only been around for maybe two weeks or so, and they already have like fourteen thousand followers. Mm-hmm. COVID three hundred five. No, I don't know about it. Okay, um, let's look it up. So while you while you look it up, so basically, it's for those of you who who don't know it. It's obviously as the name would imply, it's about three hundred five and three hundred five and the seven eight six because it's the same thing. Um. People taking pictures and posting of other people not adhering to social distancing. So, for instance, they had an entire video there of people at this local place, Copper 29, and how nobody was social distancing and how the waiters and bartenders weren't wearing masks. And uh, the palace on South Beach, you know, how everybody was, uh-huh. was oh, um, you know, just... Taurus. Right, it was just, you know, hyping it up or whatever. So, it's funny because I had actually planned to bring this up on this episode. Mm-hmm. But then yesterday... I get a call from our favorite Hialeah girl, Lucy Lopez. Of course. We love Lucy. And she, well, you know, everybody does. Um, and she calls me and she's like, yo, ish, like, bro, have you seen the, that COVID 305 page? And I was like, yeah, actually I had. And she was just like, oh my God, I had to tell you guys about it because I'm like, I, I, I she's like, she has her opinions about it. She wanted us to talk about it. She's like, I, I like, it's crazy. And th- it's funny because on the one hand, her and I kind of agreed that... It's oh, it's one thing to go and be like, look, this restaurant is not adhering. This restaurant mm-hmm. is, or this bar or whatever, has their you know their servers not wearing masks and what have you. And this comes really on the heels of the, um, I think it was Suarez saying, moving forward, the cops will not be issuing warnings anymore. They will actually order you to shut down oh, right. your business if you're not adhering. Don't you think it was interesting the restaurants they shut down? That was like Swan, which, oh, we- which that was, I believe that's one owned by Pharrell. Oh, it was. I, I yeah. don't even know which ones have been shut down. Yeah. So, you know, what I, but what, what we had a question about, and this is where you come in, is it's one thing I would assume to put a picture of like a crowd at a restaurant or a bar, right? Because that's one thing. But she was saying, and I, and I tend to agree with her, how it's, you know, she's like, bro, 
when but what like if you put pictures of like just a person right like that's some communism shit like that's a comité that's like you know gusanos type of shit is there a precedent with social media where if i post a picture of someone without their consent they would have legal ramifications well i don't i don't know if there's um if the rules are different to social media cuz i know the law takes a while to catch but, up to, me, but, to technology um as far as taking pictures of people in public in a public space mm-hmm. you can because it's all about a reasonable expectation of privacy it, you do not have a reasonable expectation of privacy in a public setting like a restaurant like a club like a bar a mall a store okay so somebody could take a picture of you so in this case without wearing a mask yeah somebody could take a picture of you for example if somebody takes a picture of you let's say in a public restroom mm-hmm. let's say without wearing a mask there i would make the argument that you can't because in a public restroom you have an expectation of privacy right 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 you're going right. but this this all has to do with like a reasonable expectation of privacy which was cats versus illinois Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> There's a reason why I went to law school and this paid $150,000. This is why I bring it up. No, because that was the question. That I mean, Cats versus Illinois, which is a Supreme Court case, was um, more in terms of audio. Like, okay, do you have a reasonable expectation in a phone booth? Oh. Right. So it was more about that. For those listeners who don't know, phone booths were these square containers that had phones in them. That, <laughs> that you would... Superman came up yeah, su- with. Exactly. Them. That Superman would transform. Right. That's, that's it. That's it. That's, that's all it. you need to know. That's it. So I would make the argument, I don't believe or I don't know of um, <clears throat> any type of social media. I mean, there may be... Okay. The... Social media in question, which may be Instagram, mm-hmm. may have some type of user, you know, some type of rule for its users that mm-hmm. you can't use, quote unquote, Instagram to shame someone. But that's essentially what this but is. But that's, ru- that's, that's a rule, not a law. There's a difference. So the worst that could happen is that Instagram could shut down your your page or have you remove that post, but you're not necessarily doing something illegal. Could somebody, I guess, take Instagram to court if they do not do it? Because if there's an, and again, that's assuming that uh, this uh, is a policy. Uh, uh, then I have not heard because the, you know the whole thing with with a reasonable expectation of privacy mm-hmm. that's constitutional, right? Right. right. Um, that's constitutional, and that's been well versed with the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that it would be very hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. I mean, remember, you could set rules about anything. It's just that if they're challenged constitutionally right, in a right. court of law, they will be struck down. Right, 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 right. Like you know, you you can make any rule you want attacking any of your bill, of, you know, any bill any rights, rights within yeah. the bill of rights or any type of Whether legal it precedent. Up is a different story, right? It's not going to hold up in court, but you right. could pass it. You know, okay, okay. Um, I don't know of any of social media that would really um, impair your right to. To, to be able to take a picture of someone in public. And do you think this is do you think it's effective to do things like this? Because on the one hand, I I, I get it, but on the other hand, I it mean, depends. I, will say, I think I think of random people. I think honestly, I mean, and whatever. I think there's a there's also uh, th- these people also. Uh, I think they just want to become like the next only in Dade. And so I mean, I, I again, I just saw the page now for the first time of somebody like Francis Suarez, and I have nothing against Francis Suarez. I actually I. I Mm-hmm. Um, but Francis Suarez has been 
very vocal about being careful as he should as mayor of the city right, of right. Miami. Um, he's been very vocal about social distancing and wearing masks right, and right. all that. So he's held, I believe to a different standard to a higher standard mm -hmm. than for example, you and me, right. you know, that we're a regular Joe Schmoes. Um, so somebody like that is probably more open to being called out because okay. there's a bit of a hypocrisy there. You know, and it's not like when oh, but he's a public figure too. I mean, he's it's... a public figure. It's you know, it's not like when oh, he was not wearing a mask. You know, I don't know and, at a press conference where everybody else was, or or, away. or like at his kid's birthday or something. He was at like a bar or like a right, right. crowded restaurant. Right. So, you know, in the midst of right of because the crowd. that because it, that is the exact behavior you're trying to curtail. Correct. Right. The behavior you're trying to curtail is not. Whether you're wearing a mask at your kid's drive-by birthday party, right. what you're trying to do is curtail the behavior of people being in public forums and public right, spaces right. that are crowded without a mask. Okay. Okay. So. I don't know. I just don't. Under, I, I don't know if I if I can get behind all this shame culture, you know. But then on the other side, I read an article where we're kind of doing the same thing now with the masks that was done back in like the early '80s when they were trying to pass the the seatbelt legislation. Uh huh. There were actively people trying to say that it should not become a law. There were people actively going against the the, the adoption of, of seatbelt legislation. People saying it's inconvenient, it's uncomfortable. Well, well, it's, well. That's, but, it, but it's funny. I, I'm hearing because there's I, always there's always I didn't people. Know that was a thing. That's like I remember actually when I was in law school. Um, so this would have been like 2004. 2005 like i remember uh, a very contested area about that is uh with motorcycles is a helmet law really yeah because in some states it's up to you if you want to wear a helmet okay and in other states you must wear a helmet right right if right. you're on a motorcycle right um and i'll never forget that like i had a professor you know we just were randomly talking right, about right. that uh which i then believe that michigan would have not been a helmet law Mm -hmm. of state that he was like yeah and you know no law is gonna tell me that i need to wear a helmet it's my head and i'll do with it whatever i want you know but the difference between that and even a seat belt is that this is different because if you don't wear a helmet and you go flying off your motorcycle and your brains land somebody somewhere else that's your that's your brain brain <laughs> if you don't wear a seat belt and you go flying through the windshield of your car that's on you. But obviously, as we know with this, right. it's it, it's a lot more it's a, in terms of public health. Right. Because what's the problem here? That you could be carrying this virus and you give it to somebody else or to multiple people. Right. So this is not about you. This is about everybody else. Darian, we're I, Americans. Everything's about us. I just... <laughs> you know how I always say, and in 115 episodes, you know, I hope our listeners have seen heard for themselves that i'm a very rational person you are, you are. and i like to hear both sides of the argument right. and and i always try to put myself in the shoes of someone else and be right. like okay even if i don't agree with it i was like okay i, I see what you're saying even if i don't agree with you mm -hmm. wearing a mask is such a simple concession like yeah it's so simple like why can't you just wear the damn mask Listen, i mean i don't want to wear a shirt in most places and i have to <laughs> That's true, of course. I mean, hence, that's it. hence your supplemental, your supplement of vitamin right. D, and the deficiency <laughs> of mine. Exactly, but but it, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's like when you walk to you know a McDonald's or whatever, and it literally says you know no sh what is it no no shoes no shirt no, no service no problem. Well, you put on the shoes, you put on the shirt, you go in like you just 
like I, nobody has ever been like, well, I'm not putting on shoes and I'm gonna go. I mean, unless you're Britney in a Starbucks, but that's different. You know, those are different times back then. That was yeah. 2000. Um, it, I don't understand what like Helenge is with the people. Well, because the problem is that this has become political. That's the problem. That even the coronavirus became political. And most people that think it's a hoax. I mean, there's people who think it's a hoax. A downright hoax. Right. So my question to the people who think that it's a hoax. I mean, I'm, like, no conspiracy I'm like, so where are the dead people going to? <laughs> when somebody dies of coronavirus, like, so, right. so are they in on it? Like, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is—is is this like? I mean, uh, is this like what they were like doing? The Truman with, Show? No, yeah. Was this like the um, Atlas Shrugged, where people were disappearing, <laughs> and everybody was asking who is John Galt? Like, <laughs> similar. Except, are the people that are allegedly dying from coronavirus? Are they going and building their own perfect like except, coronavirus free location? Are they on? People, are are they on Madagascar? Are they, most people who say that don't know what Atlas Shrugged is. No, so you can't even alone, use you can't even use that, that that analogy. You can't. But but like so yeah, where are all the people that are dying yeah, going to? These to? People? Right, right. That's like you know, with uh, you know with um uh, Sandy Hook. You know, oh they're crisis actors. You know that yeah. happened. Okay, so what did they do with those children? Yeah, do the children just? I mean, it's. <laughs> You can't, can't, the thing is that you can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid, and the more you argue because with I mean, it, you you could have an argument, you could have a conversation about somebody who can say, you know, I think maybe the media has exaggerated this a bit, or you know, maybe right. maybe you know, maybe it's not as bad as we think. It's or, not as bad as we think, and you know, like there's still so much to learn about it. Right, right. Which all those things could be true because look, they used to say that. It was be, it could spread from surfaces, and now they said it right. didn't. At first, they said that if you were asymptomatic, you couldn't pass it. Then they said that you could, and then that's when the shit really hit the, the ceiling. But now they were like, "Well, no, we think that if you're asymptomatic, you have less chances of getting it." Right. Um, at first, they were saying that children were could, kind could of it, not immune, not immune, but, but children were not getting it. Likely, now yeah. children are getting it. Yeah. So, you know, you. You have to know. I, I trust the process. I'm not a scientist. Well, that's, that's a thing. But most, I trust the process. Most people will say. Most ignorant people will say, like, you see, they don't know what they're talking about. It's like, no, sweetheart. I know you probably failed high school science, but it's called the scientific method for yes. a reason. You have to try things it's and learn and, error. Yes. and adjust and learn things and adjust. Like, no, the things that we know now weren't always knowledge. I think that this is not going to come out come to like a full I don't even want to say solution but like well a vaccine a, a, a vaccine yeah. I think until they don't come up with a vaccine things are not going to go to normal go, go, to go back to normal, normal. Yeah. and look I I even admit that I yo meti la bata because I went to a protest you know right. I was wearing a mask most people were wearing masks which I was very clear about that when right. I right. talked about the protest some episodes back um so even I, even though I think people should practice social distancing and all, you know, I slipped. I thought it was for a very big, because I remember that the morning of the protest, I'm like, should I go? Should I go? Because the coronavirus is still out there. And at that point in time, there had already been some violence in some, in some protests. But it was a decision that I made. I felt that I needed to go to that. Right. Um, so we're, we're, we're all, none of us are perfect. All of us have made setbacks and mistakes, but... One thing is to deny the science and right. deny deny that this is a problem. That it exists. That it you know, exists. That it exists. Yeah. You know, even if yesterday you went out without a mask, you made out with 10 people. Like, <laughs> wow. 
That busy sounds like night. a fun night. <laughs> fun, fun, busy fun night. night. But what I'm saying is, I, I guarantee you, they were shirtless while they did it. They probably were. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> how do I how do I come back from that? Uh, even if you slip, even if you slip, even if you slipped, you know, you pick yourself up and try to follow the right, rules. Right. You quarantine yourself or quarantine days the next, or, day, right. the, the, you know, whatever. But just the people that refuse. Actually, the other guy that yesterday. I was um, trying to go to bed and I wasn't sleepy and like it was That's one been of those. happening to me all week. I was in bed, but I wasn't sleepy, so I started. I started looking up Karen compilations, which, by the way, listeners, just go to YouTube and put Karen, Karen compilations. compilations. Okay. That it's all these compilations of like white women complaining about everything, and you have to see all these women. You know, this was specifically Karens, right? Right. Uh, going into stores, like, um, you need to let me in. Ma'am, we can't let you in without a mask. Uh, I have a medical condition. I, uh, I, I can, I, you have to let me in without a mask. No, ma'am. Actually, no, we don't. Well, you're discriminating against me. Everybody has a lawyer. Oh, you're going to give my lawyer. I'm like, do you have a lawyer on retainer? If that were true, you would never go home. You would, my, I would have a lot more business. You would my, have, you'd be working 24-7. My office would have a lot more business than what we have now. Which, you know, has been flattened by the coronavirus, just like every other business, and right? And it flattened the wrong curve. Yes. <laughs> um, and, it, and I was even watching this video of this woman that she was, I don't know if she was like at a convenience store or like a supermarket. And she goes in, yeah, dispara. And the manager comes up very nicely, ma'am, I'm sorry, but you need to wear a mask. Right, right. I will be more than happy to supply you with a mask. No, I can't wear a mask because um, I, whatever, I medically, I have a medical condition that doesn't allow me to wear a mask, which I'm not sure what that medical condition is. Oh, I do. It's called decaro. Oh, decaro. Right. <laughs> uh, and he's like, do you, would you like for me to give you a mask? No, I have a medical condition. You you can't refuse service. Actually, ma'am, we can't. Of course, would every, you, every he, store can refuse so he service. Was like, he was really trying to accommodate her. Right. He was like, would you like for me to go in the store and make the purchases for you? No, because it's this is very private. Mind you, it was like a supermarket. I'm like, get private, get, get private. If you want to buy KY, <laughs> go to like the freaking adult bookstore. Like, Amazon. Or Amazon. Get from Amazon. <laughs> and it's cheaper. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, what's the most private thing you could buy? Tampons? Like, tamp- I mean, really? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, at, at a supermarket. So, no, I mean, it's just stupid people. And, a poor, you know, unfortunately, this has become politicized. And, yeah. and just like everything else has become politicized. And somehow, this has become a, a conservative it's versus... A, a left versus uh, right. Left versus right. Republic. I, I don't know how... Uh, In que momento? Uh, <laughs> me, uh, you know, a state of emergency when it comes down to a pandemic became politicized but it's just the world that we live in so i actually i just want to bring up something else something a little more frivolous Mm. so last week actually after we finished recording Mm -hmm. you reminded me of the existence of something that i knew existed had wanted to watch but hadn't gotten around to yet and not only did i watch it that night when i went home as i was editing the episode what did i tell you but i watched it the following day because i was like I'm remembering it a certain way, but I'm mm-hmm. like, is it because I was Sleepy? half asleep yeah. or because, no, it didn't make any sense. And so I watched it again with Jose and like, no, it didn't make sense, but I will watch it like eight more times. Yeah. Sextet. Oh my God. By yes. May, with Mae West. Yes. yes. <gasps> oh my God. What a deliciously horrible movie. 
she talks like that during the oh whole my movie. God. Like, oh, well, I mean, let's do the rest of the episode just like this, honey. Oh, so, yeah. So, so I oh, was like, gonna be... oh, my God. The great Mae West has, like, no range. No, Mae West. The whole Mae West character was just Mae West. I mean, oh, my goodness. Let's talk. Now, now no, tell me. Can we talk about, about the cast movie? of that movie? I mean, freaking no, Ringo Starr is we, in the movie. We could spend 17 hours talking about this movie and not have enough time. You know how I feel about that movie? You know how I feel about that movie? What I always tell you, I call it the Zorak conundrum. Oh, right. Yeah. Somehow, someone or a group of people of a major movie studio thought, hmm, let's give Mae West, who at this point was like 84. She was 87. She was almost 90. She was literally in her late 80s, could barely hear, was way, 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 way past her prime. Let's give her a movie where she kind of embodies (laughs) every single stereotype. She's playing Mae West. You know, yeah. Yeah, Mae West. But she the plot of the movie is that there's like a something like united nations and she's been a secret agent right and somehow the united states gymnast team team is there there. but then we have like timothy dalton ringo star uh tony curtis george hamilton george hamilton dom de louise like this huge cast (laughs) and even makes a cameo yeah so i'm like (laughs) i'll take it okay (laughs) What I love about the movie, so the movie is basically, she marries this guy, and it turns out that she, like we're saying, don't even try to make sense of the movie, quite frankly. She was like some type of undercover agent for Uncle Sam, helping to seduce world leaders, no sé qué vaina. What I love about the movie is like, number one, there are literally no other female characters other than Mae West. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole thing is she's the only woman that exists outside of the background. And this movie is like from 1980. It was like literally the yeah, last 1979. Thing she, she, she died a year did. later. She yeah. died a year later. Yeah. Oh, Alice Cooper. Alice also Cooper in it. did it. Yes. yes. Um, I mean, Ringo Starr. Like, Ringo Starr. This was 79, you said. 79? The Beatles broke up, what, in 70, 71? So he was still within, like, the first he was 10 still years Ringo Starr yeah. of the Beatles. Yeah. Like, he was still writing that Beatles, like, legendary fan. And, you know... What else would you do other than, you know, this movie with with Mae West? West. But then, so Timothy Dalton is her sixth husband, right? But what I love is that, again, Timothy Dalton, I did the math. I like that scene that's like, husband number six, me, husband husband number number five, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy Dalton, I think, was like 38. Yeah. She was almost 90. Yeah. Okay. She was a cougar before cougars were cougars. But what I love is that if you watch that entire movie, nobody even mentions her age. It's like that entire movie was written in this world where she like is, a vacuum. It's a vacuum. Like she just exists as Mae West. Because I started reading up on the movie. She couldn't hear. She couldn't. She had an earpiece. Yeah, there is. There is a famous. She couldn't walk. There's a whole there's a, thing. there's a scene. My favorite scene where like something happens that she has to. She's like, oh no, honey, it's an emergency. Let's get out of here. She vaya un poco maigatea because she walks so slowly <laughs> yeah. from the emergency. Yeah, but there was there was like a like famous production note that she they had a scene like in an elevator and yes. she couldn't hear and then when they cut and finished the scene she stayed in the elevator she stayed there for hours no and you know what I really liked about it I mean I, I haven't seen many Mae West movies so I, I, I can't say but that throughout the whole movie she has a little like like, like back little, and forth like she always, looks, she always looks like she's standing on a soft trampoline yeah in a taqueta. <laughs> no, no. she's like She's like a more calm version of Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens. Yes. <laughs> because, like, as I was telling you last Even week, I would have thought that, like, 
you know, she probably hadn't acted in a while. That if they were going to bring her right. back to like the sc- a movie, right, the screen, a project, yeah, this was going to be like Mae West. Like you've never seen her before. Right, you make know? it worth the while. Some like dramatic. No, nope. honey, no, no, honey, no. I... <laughs> oh, and did I forget to mention it's a musical? <laughs> <laughs> I love when they do the the Captain and Tennille song to her, her and Timothy Dalton. He's like, love. He's like singing or whatever. And then the part where, you know, love will keep it. I will, I will. And she's like, whatever. When she, she's like, whatever. <laughs> I remember when I saw that some years back. I remember when I saw it. Because, like, Mae West is one of these people that Mae West, like, was very famous in, like, the 20s and 30s. Yeah, she was vaudeville and then... And I, then... I believe she was in silent movies. Right, right, I'm saying vaudeville so, and then So, Mae West her. was, like, before, like, the golden era, age of Hollywood of, like, you know, um, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was, she, was, she preceded yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, when I saw that Mae West did a movie that came out in, like, 1980, I was like, but what? Like, <laughs> no, like, this was so, like, long <laughs> after Mae West. And then that's when I started looking up because I was reading something random, right. and it's like, oh yeah, Sex Dad, her final movie, and like released in 1980 in the 80s. Like she had a movie in the 80s. Like <laughs> what? Like was she a thousand by then? So <laughs> I will say though, she may have been a thousand. She may have been everything else, but she, because I, I, you know, as as we do now with the Wikipedia rabbit hole, right? Yeah. So I started reading up on her. She was independent. She had become independently wealthy because I. She way back when she first got to California, mm-hmm. she bought up I don't know how much property in Van Nuys. Which was nothing back then. Yeah. And then when that started getting hot, yeah. she sold it. So she had money at the, the end. But So she knew about property. Well, she was a very savvy old dame, Mae West. <laughs> oh. She knew when a property was hot, it was hot. Yeah, but she also had a little bit of a civil rights streak in her. Mm. Oh, yeah? Yes, she did, honey. Because she, when she moved out to L.A. I'm going to do the whole thing in this voice. <laughs> when she moved out to L.A., she moved into the penthouse of an apartment building. And that's where she lived the whole time she was in Los Angeles. <laughs> well... Turns out Ms. West was dating a boxer who was black, and he couldn't come visit her, so she bought the building, honey, so he could come up and see her sometime. Oh, <laughs> so she was a trendsetter before her time. Get bueno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that was good for her. Yeah. Good for when her. When I read that, I was like, you go, May West. You go, May West. You go, May West, you with, your, yeah. with your plumes on your yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. But incredible. So everybody... I know everybody's stuck at home. If you want to watch out. something ridiculous, that you'll be like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Check it out. And Ma, for my birthday, when we go, when we all go away and we rent the house, we're gonna get trashed and, and watch, watch Sex Dad. Okay. Yes, that is what I want to do for my and birthday. And then we'll watch Showgirls after. Oh my god! And Spice World. That's just for good measure. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> all of it. Oh my god! I had a so whatever. A little personal antidote. Um, my um i posted something on my personal instagram my niece the other day was telling me you know my my brother and her were over the house and it was actually on father's day and my niece was like oh my god you know what i want i would love a vote for pedro shirt and i was like what how does she know about that (laughs) i thought you were gonna say it in may west i almost did (laughs) how does she know about that I almost at the last second decided against it. Because apparently Napoleon Dynamite is like making a, its rounds oh, again. Oh, okay, okay. It's like, going back, yeah. You know, the kids. Yeah. Oh, this movie's amazing. That's so... Eat your like, ham, Tina. <laughs> you fat lord. And and I'm like, you want to vote for Pedro? Sure. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, hold on. We were at my parents' house. Right. So, you know, I saw my old clothes at my parents' house. And I brought her my original Vote for Pedro shirt. Aww. And she was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is vintage. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> we're old enough to have vintage. This is vintage. And I look at my brother and I'm like, 
oh, are you going to let her wear it? And she, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, and you used to make so much fun of me when I used to wear this shirt. And look, now your daughter's wearing it. See, because I've always been cool. You have not. That's true. You've always been a little bit of a trendsetter there, haven't you? Yeah. You know, he lost Jossie Banks. I always get confused with that name. When I I've told you the story. When I first wore, wore that shirt, um, I had gone to Universal Studios with my parents, right. Islands of Adventure. And my dad said, ¿Qué es Bopo, Pedro? ¿Qué es eso? ¿Qué es Pedro? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's for TV. And they were like, las locuras tuya. And when we went, this was like right when it had right, first right, come right, out. Right, yeah. And when we went to Islands of Adventure, Everybody was talking about my We're shirt. Like, oh Pedro. my God, Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. And I'm like, parece que pullover tuyo popular. And I'm like, uh, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have worn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, your, par- your parents are not, you know. So what was once out it. is in, or that was always in. That's so, true. Um, I want to bring up really quickly because... This this has. To do I always with laugh inside whenever one of us th- says "bring up" very quickly because "quickly" for us is like Ike and Tina. They never do anything nice and easy. <laughs> right, nice, <laughs> easy. So, obviously, a lot of people know about this whole Aunt Jemima. Yes, thing. yes, 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 so, yes. Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben. So here we're we're, we're going to talk specifically about removed. Aunt Jemima. Um, Can I just say that I was a little taken aback by Mrs. Butterworth? What about I, they're they're changing her as well? Yeah, but I don't think of her, I I never associated her as as black. That's why I was like to me. I don't know if it's because she was a bottle. You know what I mean? And so I was like, well, she's the color of the syrup. The syrup? <laughs> so I never thought about it. So are they just changing the name or? They're probably going to, I mean, they're going to, I don't know if it's the name or if it's the image, like the bottle. I always just thought of her as like, una señora. Like, right. I, never, I never thought of her as black. <laughs> um, so what I find really interesting is, and I'm going to take this to social media. And, you know, I love to take, I love to always hear your take on social media because I think, not too long ago, I hadn't mentioned to you, and I don't—I forget if I mentioned it to you because right now the lines blur. If I mentioned to you something <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. in person, like or, or, in real life or yeah. on the podcast, yeah, exactly. That I had mentioned to you that I think it's interesting that a lot of times I read articles, specifically articles online, where they take for context people's tweets. Oh yes, you had you had mentioned that to me offline. Right. Actually, right. off that yeah, instead yeah. of using like oh you know a source at the White House or right. a source at this newspaper it's or Fulano tweeted this, so who witnessed? Oh, you know so and so from Twitter said, and it's so and so is like a regular person. Right. So, I, I the reason I bring that up is because online you see people go into arguments that are, are wo- just are woefully underprepared, just false. <laughs> right. So. With this whole Aunt Jemima thing, you know, obviously there's the people who think that the sky is going to fall because a pancake, I mean, let's, let's not lose context of what this is. It's a pancake mix and syrup. Right. Okay. A pancake mix and syrup is changing its name. Right. Right. So most people people, don't probably buy because the Walmart brand is cheaper. The great American. Right. Right. But to them, the sky is going to fall. Because right. of this happened. So I can't tell you how many times I have seen people on social media argue, pero argue like a thesis statement. <laughs> that this is wrong because Aunt Jemima was a woman who came out of nowhere and created this pancake pero mix. she's not a real person. And, 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 and was an entrepreneur. <laughs> and that if anything, they should, you know, she should be... <laughs> Like looked Extolled. up to, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Because Exalted. she was a black woman who was able to do this. But you have to see, people are arguing this like if they were arguing like in court, like with like facts and everything. And I'm <laughs> like, 
I'm like, okay. First of all, she's not a Aunt Jemima. She was never, never existed. The reason why I think I mentioned this to you. The reason why I specifically know about Aunt Jemima is because when I was in college, <laughs> I took a marketing class. Imagine me a marketing class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it was right, but that's why I have a bachelor's in art, and, and you have a bachelor's, bachelor's in science. science. But anyway, um, I took a, a random marketing class, and that was around the time that they had changed her image yes. from wearing like the, the, the mani scarf uh-huh. to the more modern, you know, the Viola Davis look, a little bit with like the pearls, right? Right, right. a refreshed Angemima. Oprah, if you will. So that I, I know about Aunt Jemima because I remember that in that class we spoke about the history of Aunt Jemima. That Aunt Jemima was a character in minstrel shows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and for in, those of you who don't know, minstrel shows were essentially a, they were like vaudeville, I would say, for the black audiences that would exaggerate. The black stereotypes. Well, it was for white audiences. Sorry. It was for white audiences. It was black actors. It sorry, was... sorry. Because it wasn't always blackface. Wasn't it some of them? No, the minstrel shows were all blackface. Oh, they were all blackface? Yeah, they were all blackface. Oh, I and... thought some of them were actual black actors. I don't know if there was a black actor, but there was there were blackface. And the point of the minstrel shows oh, then my apologies. was to dehumanize you know the black experience. The black experience. And to dehumanize black people. I, did, I, I honestly thought it was black people engaging in that no they were minstrel shows were for a white audience that i knew and it was white actors in blackface to either dehumanize or making fun of black people that's why till this day blackface correct is such a controversy because as you know i've told explained this to people this wasn't actors who were it wasn't a darker shade this wasn't Othello. othello right or it wasn't like they were Doing blackface, quote unquote, to play a black character. No, the reason when they did blackface, and that's why their extremities were exaggerated and the right, mouth was right. bigger, was to dehumanize black right. people at that time. Like, look how funny they um, are. Look how silly they are. So, Aunt Jemima was a character in a minstrel show. Right. So, in the 1880s, this guy, um, uh, Chris Rutt. I know why ha- I think. I know why I know you know why I, I'm thinking black people worked in the minstrel show. Why? Because of the song Mr. Bojangles. Oh. Because he says I used to work in the minstrel show. Yeah. So maybe there were black people. I actors. mean maybe there were, but I mean the, yeah, 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 the yeah. but the point of the it point was of to, it was not. Right. Um so it was this guy named Chris Rudd that he owned a newspaper or something that he had like a recipe mm-hmm. of yeah, the, the how quick, to make a good pancake. The buckwheat. And thing, yeah. he got this he you know um patented the the recipe yeah. so he had been to minstrel shows and he knew of this character and he took and jemima he took it and named this pancake mix and jemima oh. and what's actually terrible is that if you look at old ads of and jemima oh my God, they're, so horrible. they're horrible they're yeah. absolutely horrible. horrible and i think that one of the worst ones is oh. the one where she is dressed like a mammy feeding pancakes to her white masters Oh wow! Like yeah, like wow. yeah. Look it up. I'll show it to you. I mean, this is absolutely terrible. So that's why I tell people, it may be a small thing because at the end of the day, it's pancake mix. Right, right. You I know, mean, and you know, maybe you could have a conversation as to people who think that maybe this is not that effective. But as I tell people, I'm like, you have to know the history of it and know why that's so offensive to a large part of people because I, I, I think it's offensive. And I'm not black, and I think it's very offensive that 
not only do I think it's offensive, but I think it's even more offensive that people refuse to believe that, that it's offensive. Th- no, that anybody the, the history can be of it. That anybody can. And be you right. see people online fighting. Then know that Aunt Jemima was a real person. It was an entrepreneur. I'm like, but what? Like, what encyclopedia <laughs> are you looking that up in? Like, <laughs> like, where are you finding that? Like, I want to see your work cited page. Oh. The and your bibliography. The internet. The internet. <laughs> and the act, you can find anything you want. So what's, what's your take on uh, that? It's funny because, I mean, on the one hand, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I understand how, how it could, you know, it has its starts in, in offensive stereotypes and all that. Also, not being black, I can't speak to, to certain elements of it, right? I do applaud when they changed her image. You know what I mean? Like, so she's not the mammy anymore. Now she's just, you know, just a black woman, right? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, to me, it's one of those things where, like you said, it's like, it's pancake mix. It's fucking microwavable rice. Like, who cares? You know, fine. Brands come and go every damn day. You know what I mean? It's like Dunkaroos disappeared for a while. But, you know, is it, is it, is it a big deal? No. Should we be focusing our efforts elsewhere? Possibly. Um, you know, I just think it's also part of the whole thing of now where all the, all corporations are trying to. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. And it's, you know, on some level, it's kind of like, well, thank you, but is it really? Well, but you know is what? Is it really that big a, like, in the grand scheme of it? Like, I, I think getting rid of Aunt Jemima is not going to fix racism. Right, right, Wouldn't right. Wouldn't it be right. a, a, a oh, wonderful that's it. It's it over. It's, it's done. over. It's done. All, all that, all, the only sacrifice that's was Aunt Jemima. the only thing it took. <laughs> That'd be pretty amazing. That would be amazing. You know, that's obviously not going to fix, fix racism, but I just think that historically, everything... Everything, como dice Atticus, Atticus Finch. Atticus Finch, yes, which, from, to ca- which, from To Kill a Mockingbird. Which is no um, coincidence why my kid's middle name is Atticus. is Atticus. But there's a quote in that book, which I am trying to find, but of course, I'm not going to find it now because I'm looking for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it was like your favorite dish at a restaurant. So, this is one of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. The older you grow, so this is Atticus talking to Scout. Scout, yeah. Um, the older you grow, the more you will see. People have uh, a way of carrying their resentments. You'll see white men cheat black men every day of your life. But let me tell you something, and don't forget it. Whenever a white man does that to a black man, no matter who he is, or how rich he is, or how fine of a family he comes from, that white man is trash. It's all adding up, and one of these days, we're going to pay the bill for it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. To Kill a Mockingbird, 1960. Was Harper Lee on a... 
<laughs> Foreshadowing. Wow. Yeah. To paraphrase the movie Fame, racism costs, and right here is where you start paying. Yeah. So you know what? I think that if um, changing the name of a pancake mix is one of the small little things that we can do as retribution as a society. It's a a micro fix. As a society, Mm -hmm. if it's one of the, you know, little things that we could do, then do it because... It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to change anything. Right. You know, but again, it's something that comes from such an ugly place. Right. Because you told me that well, you know, Aunt Jemima was a real woman who was able to, right. you know, despite being a slave or coming from slave parents, she was able she to surpass all the odds. Yes, you know, yeah. and she created a pancake mix company. You know, good for her, but that's not the story. Right. The story was right. that a white man used this character and and made this character even worse in the ads yeah. for financial gain, and that's that's really what it was. Yeah, that's right. True. And what what was that person doing? Because that person could have named it anything. What was that person doing? Capitalizing on the image, on the image. of the mammy in the South, you know? Yeah, the home the 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 mammy homemaker. You know, all she does right. is, is so you're is capitalizing serve. on a, a stereotype that you know. Again, and this goes on to a bigger conversation that we're not going to talk about now. How all these like issues with slavery were somewhat romanticized, you know. Right. Um, that's why you have criticisms of Gone with the Wind and all that because right. they made like the, the you know they made like Haiti McDaniel's be like, yeah, I'm so happy to be a slave and serve all you white people. Like, yes, this is job security. Like, well, that's one way to look at you it. Know, I it's guess. Like, this is <laughs> ultimate job security. I ain't going nowhere. You know, like, <laughs> like you. I mean, it's like shame on you. You should know better. You you know that right. to let a movie <laughs> dictate history, but that's pretty much how it's presented in, in, like, in Gone with the it. Wind. So when you hear these criticisms of the movie yeah. and criticisms of things, they're for that's a where reason. Coming from. Yeah. They're they're for a reason. So yeah. Well, you know who is actually not letting stereotypes dictate how she. The McKean. Our guest this week, we have actress Dania Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Some of you may know her from her turn on Entourage, on Devious Maids, on Heroes. She is on the upcoming, uh, well... Yeah, Dominicana. Eh, Dominicana. She's in Tell Me a Story, which is uh, actually premiering this July on the CW after after having run on CBS All Access. And she's definitely a Latina who's looking at roles and taking what on paper could be a prototypical stereotype mm-hmm. and really, really making it her own. And she was just an absolute love and an absolute doll and... So after a word from our sponsor, our interview with Dania Ramirez. Hey everyone, this is DJ from Pero Let Me Tell You, and I'm here to tell you guys about Manscaped's latest product. You've probably heard us talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go back to the garden because Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker. You know, if you're like me, you hate, hate, hate those nasty ear and nose hairs that just pop up are gross and they're just so annoying. And that is where Manscaped's Weed Whacker comes in. A nose and ear hair trimmer that uses proprietary skin safe technology and a 360 degree rotary dual blade system to help prevent, you know, any of those nicks or snags. You don't want none of that on your ears and nose. And it's a great product because it'll take care of it and you'll be all nice and trim. And the timing is perfect because it's a perfect Father's Day gift. And now that summer is here and we could finally get out of the house, you want to be nice and clean shaven and all trimmed up. 
So how do you get this product? Just go to manscaped.com. And when you're there, use promo code FATAL20 to receive 20% off your order. That's right, 20% off your order. And Manscaped is even going to include free shipping and handling. So come on, this is such a bargain. It's a great value and it's a great product. So that's right, 20% off using promo code FATAL20 for Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. So what are you waiting for? Go to manscaped.com and order yours today. Oye, gente, as we said this week, we have the super talented, absolutely gorgeous Dania Ramirez with us today. Dania, thank you so much for joining us. It's an thank absolute you. pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. No, listen, thank you. Um, I mean, you've done so much. You know, you've from, you know, Devious Maids, Once Upon a Time, Heroes, uh, you know, Tell Me a Story, which we'll, we'll chat about in a little bit. Yeah. What is it? I, I think the one thing I, I want to ask you about first and foremost, because what was it like to portray, to my knowledge, the first and only Latina Cinderella? With once I mean, that was, really, that, was, that was a very surreal moment, to be honest with you. I hadn't, you know, I was familiar with the show, but I hadn't watched, like, all of the seasons. And so I was actually on vacation uh, in Hawaii when they called and they said, hey, the studio wants you to come in. And it's a very high-profile character. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're sort of verging off on having this one, more, one other season of Once Upon a Time, and it's going to be... Um, you know, all, a brand new story. Right. They didn't tell me what character I was going to play. They just oh. said, we'd like you to come in and do a a, um, a test read um, with with Henry, the guy that's going to play the older Henry. Now, yeah. I hadn't really watched the show too much prior <laughs> to like, getting this call. So I was like, who's Henry? Like, I had no clue. So I binge watched like the first season um, with my family. And, uh, and so then I got on a plane and came to LA and tested and then found out on my way back when I arrived back in Hawaii, because I basically came, flew in, my whole family stayed in Hawaii on vacation. I flew well, in. Yeah, they didn't have to work. <laughs> they didn't have to work. Why would they leave? <laughs> exactly. So I came, I went back to Hawaii and when I landed, I got the, I got a call and they said that I was going to play Cinderella. And I was like, what? I felt like Cinderella. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when somebody all of a sudden like hands you your like glass slipper and you're like, what? <laughs> I'm marrying the prince. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love that you were, you know, you, you were, again, especially nowadays, you know, we, we're finding ourselves talking more about representation, yeah. right? Like you were Cinderella. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very, it marked a very, a very, you know, great time in my career just because, you know, it was a classic story. Yeah. Um, but not only do I got to play, you know, a, a, an original, like a character from the original Disney, but then to come back and do it as a, as a Latin woman of color. Yeah. Also, it was like a big deal. Um, and it, I mean, for me, it was just like, I, I just felt so honored. Um, and it is so important right now well, always, but right now specifically to see representation of our own people, yeah. you know, on the screen. So, yeah, just I was super, super entusiasmada when me llamaron. I was like, wow. oh my god! As you know, I, I mean, the beauty of you is that you've you've through your entire career. I mean, you're a proud Dominican, right? You're you're yeah. born in DR, sí. right? Uh, De pura cepa. Oh. <laughs> 
Hasta la tambora. Hasta la, oh. En Santo Domingo. Yo nací en Santo Domingo, sí. Girl, don't, make, don't start with, you know, merenguero hasta la tambora. Then I'm going to have to put out the Johnny Ventura. And it's just, it, it's, 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 I mean, this Zoom call is going to turn into a, a whole other party is, is what it's going to happen. That's what it is. Don't have me a presidente, pero no. Ustedes solamente con el capitán leche. Ah, bueno. I had mine earlier, porque claro, you're in LA, so I, you know, little time difference. I'm in LA, but it's still pretty late here. It's 12 o'clock, so. <laughs> yeah, but you're a mother of twins. You need your rest. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> but, so, I mean, one of the things I love is, you know, you've always been just, uh, like, this proud, like, Latina actress, and what I love is every time you play, you know, a character that I've seen, even if it's the quote-unquote Latina, right? Like, you know, for like yeah. for instance, in Entourage, you know, you were the quote-unquote Latina character in that arc. Um, on Heroes, yeah. you know, you and, and Shalim played, you know, the, the Latinos, quote-unquote, right? But you always play it with a like an authenticity that I think just belies whatever's written. You know what I mean? It's like you you're like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm the Latina. That's fine. You know, okay, cool. I'm the quote-unquote, you know, Latina. But that's not all you're going to get from me. You know, I'm going to own that because that is who I am. Y lo tengo en la sangre. Pero it's not just going to stop yeah. there. You know, I think that's really what makes you, like, makes your characters just really stand out is when you try, when you make him three-dimensional, you know? So you got to take him from beyond what's on the page. And yeah, you get the quintessential, like, you get the Latino role. But it's really, you know, and us Latinos, we're from everywhere. You know, so it's about really bringing, uh, like you said, an authenticity to the character is all about really bringing yourself into it and really adding different layers to it. So so you can make it like just a person, like anybody could have played that character. Yeah. I just happen to be Latina. And I think even if we look at roles as that for ourselves on the big screen and on the, you know, on the on the little screen, mm-hmm. then we can really transcend the, the, that get out of that box that this is not we don't we're not just hired to be this latino role it's really about being a woman that's a mother that's struggling with this or you know being a being a, a working you know person woman that's you know that's struggling with some something else so i think it's about making those struggles real and really tapping into those universal themes of like love and motherhood and you know if you really get into that psyche of the character Mm-hmm. You can make them, you know, sound, sound out like better than or bigger than just the the quintessential Latina role, you know. Yeah. And you did that in Devious Maze with Rosie, because she was <laughs> at the at the end of the day, she was, in my opinion, I watched all four seasons, so I, I I'm a fan. Um, she was the heart of that show, and honestly, especially the oh first couple. Of, <laughs> listen, every time you said Mr. Spence, it was like I, I just. Mr. It, Friends. I know. I had a whole other accent. It's so funny, you know. I ran into people uh, in uh, it was a Dubai or stopped at this like airport. We're going to, on the on our way to India, and um, and they were so surprised that I didn't speak like Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also a character who, like on paper, could very easily have just been La Bobita. You know what sí. I mean? La, la La Bobita, the naive girl, or what have you. And yeah, that was. Uh, there was a part of that you know what i mean because you know the same way that your character was that you know rosalind was the sex bomb and you know but there was more to that and i think it was beautiful how this latina fronted cast recognized it even though at principio people were like oh they're all playing maids how stereotypical and it's like no 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 that's that's the joke 
Like that's you know that, that's yeah. the hook. You got to look. Well, beyond. you know, we're kind of trying to make that you know the, the the naiveness or you know even like within her voice and the accent part of it, the things that would make her um, stereotypical. I just try to make that her charm and try to make it. But really, as a character, she was so much more than that. And so she can go through season after season with this woman and really end up seeing her as so much more than just yeah. the maid or just so much more than than. Um, than the naive, uh, I felt like that's where her humor came from. Yeah. But that was just a part of who she was. And that was very important to me, especially because at the beginning of the show, we got so much backlash because we were going to have, we would be playing maids. Um, I mean, my my whole thing the entire time was, you know, here you have a cast where you have all of the, the Latino characters or the leading characters. Yeah. So you have four Latino women as leads of a show. Let's look beyond what they do for a living and let's get into who they are as a person because it's about really recognizing ourselves on the screen. Like I'm the kind of person that's, you know, a workaholic or I'm the kind of person that's more maternal. So look at, we were able to, because we were allow, allowed it uh, uh, four seasons, we were able to really go yeah. from you know, to show people how who these women were and they were proud of being you know from a latino descent but it wasn't really about that and it wasn't really about what they did for a living and so i was very very proud there's very few shows with a full latino cast that will go four seasons nowadays so mm-hmm. i was very i feel very blessed and very honored to have been a part of that cast and and that really even the writers that they had um such a, an open mind about who they wanted to make these women, was you know? It, was it a Latino so, writer's room at all, or? We had like, some Latinas in the writing room. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, not everybody was Latino, no. um, but I think that's okay too, because this is the thing, right? When you're telling these stories and when you want these people to connect, like you don't want to just be so specific to one thing, you also want somebody else's perception of you so that you can bring something to that, right. you know? And I think what's really important is making good characters and making them stand out. It's also important to make sure that we are represented properly. So I do love the fact that we had Latino writers on the show. Um, and I thought that was very, you know, also, you know, Libel Longoria was a producer on it as well. Oh, that, that. So we, we were, yeah, so we were really backed up by a lot of like Latino talent which really allowed us to really come in and, and create and be as loud or as less loud as we wanted to be with the character. But people understood us, you know? Right, right. They knew where you were coming from. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you and I are about the same age, which means we're 28. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, so you've been in the industry for a bit. And, and now that you're, you know, you're mentioning, yeah. you know, the writer's room and, and those stories... You you also yeah. mentioned that you just co-wrote a script, uh, con, you know, La Corona, where you know everybody's stuck at home, right? Like you, you yeah, took advantage. Exactly. Were you were la you La Corona, no estoy hablando del de, de la cerveza, Ojalá, okay. ojalá que fuera la cerveza, no estuvimos tan mal la cosa. <laughs> What, you know, were you motivated to write I guess, out of, you know, well, I'm stuck at home, but also like, you know, you felt like there was that lack of representation and and you had that that voice and having been in the industry for you know a minute yeah you you knew what you hadn't been offered or hadn't seen and and saw what needed to be done yeah you know i actually this so this is a script that oh no i started about eight years ago actually oh, wow. and i was very lucky 
At one point, we were actually we were gonna film it in the Dominican Republic, um, and then something happened, and we weren't able to like proceed. And then I ended up doing another job and having to leave for a couple of years, mm -hmm. so it didn't really come to fruition. But you know, ideally. It is about, you know, writing and creating material for people, you know what I mean? For like the way that we see ourselves. And and, and again, for me, it was, it's really about the representation of, of us as one people and, and, and these universal themes. So my, you know, the script that I wrote is called Runaway Love. And it's, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book Dante's Inferno, but it's a... No, I've always wanted to. <laughs> It's a contemporary version of Dante's Inferno, which is where Dante basically ends up meeting with the angel Virgil, which in my version, Dante is a girl and the angel Virgil is also a woman. And so they end up going through their seven layers of their own personal hell to like figure out how to love. And so it's an unexpected love story uh, as this this one girl makes her, uh, a journey back home from California to Mexico to try to see her mother who's dying of cancer. So it's a very, very, you know, interesting story, very a journey kind of film. And uh, I was very blessed that you know, people, it's all about how you look at everything, right? Like, right. I've been quarantined and I just looked at it as an opportunity to be creative and to, and to write something that I felt like was really, um, that we were lacking out there. And I feel like there hasn't been too many real love stories between two women and real love stories, a real love story in which, you know, the Latino woman, there's like, like the lead character is a Latino woman that making a journey home and really an evolution of her soul. So I feel like a lot of, a lot of those characters are more romantic comedies yeah. for a you know, woman and I felt like we would needed something a little bit more you know a little heavy a little more a little meatier you know what I mean something Oscar worthy yeah. yeah well you know from your lips right I mean listen that you just put it out there all right that's how <laughs> I the, knock on wood that's, I can't, I knock my own <laughs> that's how it happens oh yeah you can't keep it in sometimes you got to put it out there into the world e you, you gotta know? put it out there into the universe Come on. <laughs> but I love that I love that you know you you approached it from a, a, a two-pronged right for representation where it was like you know latina you know two women it's like okay what is a story that just you know because to your point romantic comedies are cute and they're fun i love them you know what i mean they're we, yeah, we all enjoy yeah. them right but they're a dime a dozen you know what i mean so it's like how do you really try to tell a story that that hasn't been told before you know and, and do it yeah. in, a, in an authentic way and i i think that's flipping fantastic like i can't wait to i can't wait to see it I have to say. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Thank you. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, it's a little bit, I don't want to say easier because that's not the right word, but it's a little more, eh, I'm going to go with the word easier, to to get projects like this done now in the world of streaming, whereas um, before... I think we're in a different time right now. You know, I think it's a, it's a bit more, people are willing to hear you out more. Right. Is it easier per se? Not necessarily. I mean, right. it really all boils down to having someone take a gamble on you and I know your vision. So I don't necessarily think it's a, it's an easier route. Like it's an mm -hmm. easier journey, but I do think that there's a lot more opportunity as far as like, there's a lot more people that you can walk in and have a conversation with about an idea that you might have. Um, I think what's also very important. I mean, aside from outside of us creating content for the Latinos, it's really being able to support those projects when they do come out. Right. And I, and we spoke a little bit about how like, you know, 
um, devious mates, even at the beginning, got so much backlash. It's like we are, if you really look at uh, the first African American to win an Oscar, she was, you know, playing a, a, a like maid. A mammy, yeah. You know? yeah. Exactly. So it's really about like, can we put content out there? Can we represent, you know, our culture and uh, and have talent that's, you know, really doing something for you? And and then showing up to the movie theaters and, and paying for that ticket to go watch that movie or like ordering the, that, that film online. Streaming or watching it. Or... The TV shows. Yeah, or watching the TV shows to make sure that they don't get canceled. I think yeah, like it really is also... It's a responsibility of everybody, you know, all, it comes, it goes full circle. And I think it'll make the journey easier, really easy, much easier if we could really show that we can, you know, we're, we're productive members of society, that people are going to show up and like pay for the content that's being made. Yeah, no, you know? I, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, on the flip side, though, to, to be like the, uh, you know, I agree with you, we have to come in and embrace these projects. And, and again, not every project that comes out is good, right? So I get it. Sometimes you, you want to love something, and then you're like, mm. but you know what, honestly, look at the African American community, if you look at it as a movement, mm -hmm. then you also have a responsibility to be a part of that movement, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's not about like, you know, do I think this is the best movie ever? This is the best, you know, TV show right, ever. It's right. really about like the more you, you you support that content, the more people will take a gamble to create more content that you might end up liking. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, on, you know, on the yeah. business side of it all, I mean, my day job, as listeners know, is, you know, I, I work in marketing. So... I do multicultural marketing or my background has always been multicultural and the amount of times that I'll hear from a, a, a business or client, Oh, we tried it and it didn't work. And then, you know, you kind of start to dig a little bit. It's like, okay, well, what did you do? And they'll say something to the effect of like, you know, well, we bought Univision for a month and nobody, you know, nobody came and bought the product. And it's like, yes, they may not have, the, the audience may not have shown up, but you also can't just say you tried it once and then that's it. You know, we it's exactly. both sides also have to be like willing to continue, willing to continue down that route. And I do believe, you know, that we have that issue on our on our end as well, as far as like television is concerned. Mm -hmm. Like, there's been so many TV shows that they start off, and it's like you give it one season, but if people haven't gotten the word out, it's also mm -hmm. like how how did you market it? Yeah, how, how much? Did you put those Latino stars out there talking about their, the show that they had on television mm -hmm. so that people, so that the Latino community understood that it mattered to turn on the TV to watch them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's also, like, it's not like we're, they're doing Latino-based shows and then we're getting, like, the biggest billboard on 42nd Street in New York City. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? That's true, too. That's true, too. No, you're absolutely if right. more people knew about it, I'm sure that we would get that support as well. So I think it's a combination of everybody really joining in and being a part of this and making this a movement rather than this one-time thing. That's just, this is why when my... Um, and my manager sent me the email about your show. I was like, of course I want to do it. And, you know, it's, cause it, it's important to support one another and, you know, yes. just to see, especially during this time, you know, yes, to it's... continue to move forward and to continue to just inspire other people to be like, you know what, you can figure out an innovative way to do something else, you yeah. know? No, and that's really, you know, this all started because of that. You know, we, we well, it's because we've me and my co-host, my you know, DJ, have known each other since like the womb almost. And we're like, we should have a show, so let's do it. But we wanted to make sure that we were giving something back. 
you know, that we were really yeah, I love it. having that, that Latino voice. Like, you know, we're both Cuban American. What are we going to sit here and pretend that we're like, you know, from Omaha? Like, no, that's, you know, our experience is what it is. And, and that gives us a unique perspective. And, you know, you're, you're Dominican. Yeah. You, you came to this country, you know, you, what New York, right. Is where you, you grew yeah. up. That yeah, colors York, yeah. everything about you. Everything, you know, every, everything you write in your script is colored by your experiences. And people need to hear that, you know, number one, to understand that there's more than just their story out there, but also people who may share your experiences now don't feel like they're the only ones, you know, it's, it's about creating that community. Yeah. And connecting, you know, connecting yeah. the dots, feeling like you have some kind of connection to, to the masses through, you know, our vision, you yeah. know? So, you know, that's why it's like, for me, it's always been important to not only create roles for women, but roles for Latino women. And, um, and then as far as like, also the way that I represent, you know, them on the screen is a big deal to me. You know, I don't like, I try to, even within my own, in my own business, look at roles that are not just written Latino and just say, Hey, this could be a Latino woman. Yeah. Why not? Yep. And that's, you know? I, that's a perfect segue. Cause I know that this summer, uh, the CBS all access show you were on, tell me a story is yes. coming to the CW and in it yes. you're playing. And I'm going to say it with a Spanish accent, you're playing Gretel, basically the, you know, the, <laughs> the modern day version of Gretel, which now I'm starting to, to think, you know, before on Heroes, it was a brother-sister thing. Now it's Hansel and Gretel. I'm thinking, like, <laughs> is there something in your contract that every X amount of years you have to play like a brother-sister duo? Or <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get, it, get it in with a brother and sister duo. <laughs> you know, I am. Um... I'm very, very, very blessed and very lucky to, to, to get the work that I get. And this is this is a, a very interesting um, show because, and, uh, and this is one of those things also that wasn't necessarily written Latin, right. you know, to begin with. It was, you know, they, Kevin Williamson start, did the show. Yes. And the idea was, is to, that you're, you're taking these, these um, fairy tales and reimagining them in, on a, in a darker, in a darker place like, like they all modern times right? well yeah but it's also with a dark twist okay so these are not regular you know the our fairy tales take place in new york city that's the first season mm -hmm. and it's the one of them is Hansel and gretel then it's the the three little pigs and the other one is um like a perucita roja because so they, i would love to hear kim cattrall say that just I would I want to hear her say that she is participating as a grandmother in La Caperucita Roja. That's the La Caperucita Roja. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know the, you have these three these three classic tales intertwined, but in a modern day perspective. So okay. it's kind of like for Hansel and Gretel, what is the one thing that they obsess over? You know, it's like, it, 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 what is the candy? What does the candy look like today? Okay. In the okay. So that's sort of like the drive of the story. So you can have them in a modernized, like in today's today's um, day. Oh, okay. It's very, it's a very amazing show to be a part of. I was so proud of like the character. My, you know, my character, the Gretel character, is called Hannah, and um, David Santos plays my brother, uh, and he's from Brazil actually, and grew up in New York. And we had the, just the best time. And I think people are gonna really enjoy it. I was really excited 
to hear that the CW picked up the the series and that they're now going to air it. Yeah, um, I, I was telling. And you- I feel like it really will give access to more people. Yeah. for more people to watch it it's really a cool show no yeah i was telling you before we we started you know that i actually was excited because i've been seeing it on the cw app for like coming soon you know for for a couple weeks now and i'm like pero caballero what is coming soon like give me a date i need to know when like so i can watch this because i've been wanting to see it like for so damn long <laughs> yeah you're gonna really love it you're gonna really love it it's uh it's 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 coming in july i believe Okay, well, um, yeah. Yeah, we had a blast, you know, making it. And I was really, really proud that they actually, that they, they picked it up. And now it's going gonna, it's gonna to be available for everyone to watch. Yeah, the broader, the better. Yeah. All right, well, Dania, thank you again so much for taking time. I know, you know, number one, you're a busy woman in general. But more specifically, you're a busy <laughs> mother of twins in quarantine. <laughs> During the summer. I like I was telling you before, I was just so happy to be done with homeschool this week. So I'm gonna I'm about to go make them lunch though. Oh okay. well because you know, oh are you gonna make them something Dominican? Or, or are they more of a mac and cheese? I'm going to make some yuca right Ay, now. Qué, qué rico, yuca. Oh, my God. Ya me, me diste Con carne molida, algo, algo suave. Ay, oh, my God. Woman, you just made me hungry. <laughs> thank you so much for having me and thank you all the listeners for you know for for your continued support so i hope to see you guys all soon absolutely and thank you again guys don't forget to watch starting in july tell me a story on the cw We're back. Oh, welcome back, honey. Did you enjoy the interview with Dania Ramirez? May, I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I couldn't miss it for the world. I decided, oh, is this a seance or you're just happy to see me? Oh, no. <laughs> What's that really famous saying? She has, um, good has nothing to do with No, when I'm, when I'm good, I'm great. But when I'm bad, I'm even better. <laughs> she says it in the movie. So... That was fun. It was a really great interview. She was sweet. And she was very sweet. And, and like I said, one of the things I love about her is, you know, what we were saying earlier about putting stereotypes on its head. She played the first Latina Cinderella who was just a Latina woman playing Cinderella. On Once Upon a Time, she was not playing La Cenicienta. She right. wasn't playing, you know, she was playing Cinderella. Yeah. You know, and so you keep going. And I can't wait to see, because it premieres in July. I can't wait to see Tell Me a Story because I've been dying to see it. Um, Continuing on that little fairy tale theme. You know that um, not too long ago, I was having that conversation with my parents that I was telling her how much minorities are underrepresented in, in media mm-hmm. um, generally, which this has a little bit of a tie-in with what we were talking last week with um, Mike Sargent and, and with um, Jack Jack a. Rico. Rico. And I, I was telling my parents, I'm like, like, look at Disney, you know. Disney has been around for like 100 years and it's had all these pictures and it's only had like one black princess and it's only right. had like one Latina princess and she wasn't even like in a real like... Who was the Latina princess? Eva a- of Avalon. Um, Elena of Avalon. A- 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 uh-huh. a- which is not even a movie. It's no, a... It's, it's a it's and a what, I, what I think is funny about her is that she's generic Latina. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, she's just Hispanic-ish. She's from like... A, well, it's a fictional country. It's a fictional yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, But so she's not even like... She's not even really Real. Latina. Yeah. No, and and you know, the other day I was watching something. Um, I don't know how he came up on my feed because I'm not a fan of his whatsoever. Avete chiquito, the one that's all in Taylor Swift's up Taylor Swift. Todrick Hall. Todrick Hall. That he was saying. <laughs> I love how I knew exactly that. He was. was saying. Um, 
Oh, about uh, Princess and the Frog. Yeah, he's like, you know, Princess and the Frog is the only black princess we've gotten, and she was a frog <laughs> throughout most of the movie. And I was like, oh my god. Talk about getting like the short end of the sticks. Like, like, damn it. But I remember talking to my parents about that. My parents were like, really? Like, there haven't been more movies like with like the princess being like whatever. Right, right, right. I'm the like, yeah, there's yeah. been one black girl, one Indian girl, one Native American girl, one Asian girl, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's true because The Emperor's New Groove was originally going to be a Mexican folk tale thing and then it turned into Emperor's New Groove because right. they were so unhappy with where it was going. Yeah, but don't we love Emperor's New Hell Groove? Hell yeah. Oh my God, that's all we have is Yzma? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, that, take I'll take it. That. Let me tell you something. I'll take it. That is a national treasure. God bless her soul in heaven. God bless Eartha Kid. Eartha Listen, Kid. she was born in a plantation. Eartha Kid is amazing. I think Eartha Kid is going to get my, <laughs> your, my your last, last soda. <laughs> I'm gonna give two last sodas today. One to Earth for the greatness of Eartha Kid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Her cha-cha oh. heels. Oh, Eartha, are you here with us today? Yes, May. I am here from the grave. <laughs> oh my God, May West and Eartha Kid in one podcast episode. Things are going crazy. Wow. <laughs> my cha-cha heels. So anyway, yeah, she's uh, she is the Emperor's Nagru. Like she is. <laughs> she's the Emperor's I Groove. Know, I know the Emperor's the Groove, but she's like, Clunk, why do we even have that lever? I never like your spinach puffs. Never! <laughs> I'm going to put it in a box, and put it in another box, and mail it to myself, and then when it rides on my door, ha 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 ha, I'm going to smash him with a hammer! But, to save on postage, I'll poison him with this! Okay, we can go on forever with she's, the Emperor's the Groove. I love it, I love it, I love so it. So I'm going to get my last soda up, uh, this okay. week to the TikTok generation. Okay. All right. Because the TikTok generation. Is that what we've officially decided to call them now? Well, that's what they've been calling them on yeah. the news. But the TikTok generation, mm-hmm. uh, as much as we say, people say they're lazy and entitled, blah, that's blah, blah. They were able to hack the rally in <laughs> Tulsa okay. with, uh, with uh, uh, for, Donald, for Trump. Donald Trump. So, okay, so I heard about this, that essentially they, they bought the tickets. They, they snatched they, up all the tickets. Oh, is is there up. proof of this? There I, is. I, I, that's there that's absolutely. my question. Like, how there do we... Is. Yeah, no, yeah. there is. Because then when it happened, mm-hmm. all these people started coming up with like... Like posting videos, pictures posting of... Posting pictures of their, of their tickets. Wow. And what you have to understand is that the Trump campaign thought that they were going to have over a million people. No, there was like people were like, they had set things up outside. They had too. set up outside, yeah. like alternate, like spill out stages. Yeah. Right. And they weren't, they, I think they had like 6,200 people. So they went Which from a million, nothing. from a million to 6,200. Not 620,000 <laughs> or 62,000, 6,200. 6,000. 200 people and it was all these people that came together so you know what good for them they they you know they were able to infiltrate like something pretty big yeah i mean no they pulled it off so if you were one of those people kudos to you uh and you did it you did it the american way in protest and capitalism two of my favorite things because they bought the they bought those tickets they were bought or they were free no they bought them oh i thought they were free tickets no because those are fundraising events Oh. Yeah. Those are fundraising events. Oh, I thought his I thought the rallies were were well, like those are fundraising free. events. I mean, I'm sure there's free rallies in some places, but in right, in right. in most places you pay for them because they're they're fundraising events. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, for my last soda, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. 
Um, I'm going to give it to somebody who probably most of you have never even heard of. I'm going to give it to a... Maria Teresa y Danilo. Bueno, ellos son dos personajes. Um, but no. I'm going to give it to 90-year-old Colorado resident Kenneth Feltz. Oh, really? Kenneth Feltz, 90 years old. Oh, I know who he is. At the ripe old age of 90, while penning his autobiography in quarantine, started remembering of a love affair he had with another man when he was young and decided he was going to come out of the closet June during Pride. So you know what, guys? It is never too late. Better late than never. To live your truth and own yourself and just embrace who you really are. Who was who was he was he just writing his autobiography just to write That's his the part that I don't that's the part that I'm not I mean I'm looking through it. I'm guessing he was just writing to write. And then, you know <laughs> And then he started having conversations. And you know how these things are nowadays, you know. You I mean it's a beautiful it. story, but you know what I'm thinking about now? God stains on my T shirt and I know <laughs> if if if, what does it go? Um, if you want my autobiography, is that Ashley Simpson? Maybe just ask me. <laughs> Lord, on a Monday I am waiting, <laughs> and on Tuesday I am fading, and by Wednesday I can breathe. <laughs> really, you're gonna go with I can't breathe on the, on the oh my this god. Day Really? <laughs> the song is vintage. It, it is, it is. But yeah, so Kenneth Feltz, um, you know, again... Just, how do we go from that to... How do we go from anything to anything in this podcast? It's a miracle. Um, but yeah, Kenneth Feltz, 90 years old, realized, you know what? I'm going to live my truth. And, you know, everybody should always feel confident in who they are, regardless of what your truth is. Unless if you're like a racist. I mean, you know, don't do that. Yeah, if you're a racist, stay in the closet. Stay in the closet. That's yeah. the one closet you can stay in. Stay in. Stay in. Stay in with all of your white linens. Yes. And your white privilege. Yes. And your white Stand. privilege, yeah. Stand. But um, other than that, yeah. So. We should have, you know, there's coming out day. We should have staying stay in, in. Stay in. Staying in. Staying in, I don't know, month, week, year. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll brainstorm it. Stay in. Just stay in. Just stay Do in. Do everybody a favor and stay in. Yeah, we don't need to know. We don't. Nobody cares. And thanks. And smooches. <laughs> So, oh, well, honey, stay in the closet if you're a racist. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, if you come out of that closet, Diana Ross is not going to start singing. Oh, no. <laughs> not even in a hurricane. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, well. Well, that was an interesting episode. It was. So, everybody, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And remember to grab your patelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. And thank you for joining us. That was episode 115. Have a great weekend, everybody. Absolutely. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.